Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we're chatting with my friend, Chris Carter. So this is a, a interview that we did inside the Legends group, and we're talking about how Chris has a almost completely hands-off Amazon business. He said he works about five hours a week. He's got a VA, he's got several VAs that source for him, a VA that buys products for him, and um, he doesn't even touch the product. He has a prep center and he has somebody that comes to his house and preps as well. And so just amazing. I know a lot of you that are selling on Amazon, you want to be in a position to where it's very hands-off for you. And Amazon business is not passive, but he is somebody that has got, got it, gotten his business to about as passive as I've ever seen. There's another episode I did with uh, my friends Gary and Gay Mosley who also have a very hands-off Amazon business. But in this episode, we talked a lot about that, about how he got started, about how he finds his VAs, how he interviews them, the questions uh, that he asks them, um, and talk about how he um, even gave us some tips. Um, he's a car has a car dealership in North Carolina, and even tips for if you're ready to buy a car now. So this is a fun episode, full of information. I took a lot of notes. You're going to love it. Here is my interview with Chris. But let's just jump into this, Chris. Just want you just tell us about yourself and uh, how you got started selling online. Sure. Yeah. So uh, Chris Carter, I'm from Western North Carolina. Um, I've been on Amazon and well, started out on eBay, but then transitioned to Amazon for about six years. Um, mainly the business model I focus on now is online arbitrage. I've, I've done a, a bunch of different things, um, mostly unsuccessful throughout the years, but if you know, in the last 18 months, I've kind of hit a, a good stride uh, with with online arbitrage. So uh, awesome. I've got a you know decent sized team built out now, and and yes. some good sales numbers. And it's uh, it's just uh, excited to be here with you for a few minutes this evening. Yeah, for sure. Tell me, I we always talk, it seems like we always talk about people's successes, but yeah, nobody ever just jumps into any business, and usually he's not instantly successful so let's talk about because me too like i i've had it's unbelievable how many courses i've taken that i've not even opened up or business models i've tried that people would just laugh at if i told them i probably should go back i'd have no problem telling this group some of those things um but tell me some of those things that you tried that didn't work out well sure uh so i very quickly like you know went all in on online arbitrage and then was Uh like well I, uh, you know, have some, some ties to some wholesale companies. And I, I was like, let's, let's try wholesale and, mm-hmm. uh, just basically did a 180 at the worst time possible. <laughs> and, um, am still kind of selling through some of that, that inventory that, that wasn't a good, uh, wasn't a good investment. You, got, you bought some uh, bad inventory. <laughs> I, yeah. Just like, you know, I'm sure I'm the first person ever to do that. Right. No, 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 uh, not at all. <laughs> so I think that's something that we, we, we all do, but um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, that was, that was definitely a, a, a bad deal and and something that I've worked through. Um, and then, like you said, I mean, there's courses, there's subscriptions, <laughs> there's tools, you know, the next best thing that you have. Yes. To have. Um, and, you know, it's, I'm glad they're free trials on some stuff because <laughs> get in and out, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Um, so you did some wholesale stuff. Is there anything you remember that you did? Like is something completely unrelated to Amazon that you tried? Oh, uh, 
So I did a, uh, well, let's see, unrelated to Amazon. Not really. I mean, I've been really in e-commerce for like as a side hustle for the better part of a decade now. And, um, you know, I've I've never, never really ventured out of the eBay, Amazon ecosystem. Yeah, that's all right. So you're also, what's tell us about your day job. Yeah. So, um, my, my family, uh, owns and operates a, uh, Chevrolet dealership in my hometown and they have for about 60 years. Wow. And so I've, 60. uh, I've, yeah, 60, Six zero. I'm, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm the, the third, third generation there and currently the controller. Um, so I handle a lot of back, back office accounting, um, things. And, uh, so really, you know, numbers driven, data driven, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm going through the, the steps to become the dealer, uh, and kind of, the second to third generation, you know, transition when my, my dad steps away. So, uh, it's, awesome. you know, it's, we have about 45 full-time employees. Um, and, um, yeah, just, it's been a, a weird time in the, in the car market, but, um, weird couple of years, but we're, yeah. we're just rolling with it. Well, we should talk about that because there's people here that might be interested in buying a car too. And you, you were telling Steven and I, when we chatted a couple of weeks ago, some just amazing behind the yeah. scenes information, <laughs> uh, that was really awesome. Um, sure. so for those that want to learn, check you out, what's your, the name of your dealership in case they're in that area? Sure. So it's Carter Chevrolet, uh, and make sure you're looking at the one in Shelby, North Carolina. So we, uh, there's unfortunately a few Carter Chevrolets. So you want to look at the one in North Carolina. Awesome. Well, yeah. tell us about your Amazon journey. You jumped in, um, you said you've been doing this about a decade online. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell us your specifically your Amazon journey. And then we definitely want to get to the title of this is hands off online arbitrage. And I think sure. this will be a topic that a lot of people want to know how to do, because it seems like um, an Amazon business is not very passive right. and, and that's okay. It's just, um, it's a lot of folks listening, their goal is to build this up and then go do something else or focus on something else or, um, and to be able to make it to where it's actually hands off like yours is, that's pretty amazing. So, but let's start with your journey. Where'd you, where'd you start? What kind of things did you start selling? And then how'd you, uh, cause I imagine it probably wasn't, let's open the Amazon doors and let's completely hand it off to a bunch of VAs. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was not what I did. So I actually, you know, I had a, a, I'll try to summarize it as much as I can. Oh, sure. No, you got time. So whatever you want to do. So like a, a interesting little start, uh, I was pretty heavy on eBay okay. um, and um, sold a DSLR camera, like a Canon or Nikon mm-hmm. camera that got lost. Was by that your the, first sale? No, no, no. no. This was okay. like my, you know, 100th sale, okay. 500 sale, but uh, it was lost by the postal service. Oh, no. And so I like started looking into and I, I wanted to save, you know, $5 and didn't buy insurance. Um, so I was just out. Um, and I wanted to know where it, where it got to. Uh, and I, I stumbled upon the, basically where the USPS sells our auctions off recovered mail. Okay. Uh, it's called the Atlanta recovery center. It's a fascinating, uh, you know, website, um, that I, I used to look at all the time, but anyways, that's, that's where I started buying back when I found out where my camera went, I was like, well, Hey, let's go into this market. Right. Yeah. So the, I would, it's in Atlanta. It's like three hours from me. Um, I would buy a pallet of 
whatever, um, watches, sunglasses, wow. um, and where I actually found a niche was vinyl records. Okay. Uh, so I rode the vinyl record wave through like 2013, 14, okay. 15. Um, and what I found though, is that I had a ton of vinyl records that really weren't worth 10 cents. I mean, they just okay. weren't worth anything. They had damage. They were just, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so I was like, well, what do I, I've got, you know, a thousand vinyl records mm-hmm. and, uh, I stumbled across an Amazon listing that okay. was, uh, uh, vinyl records for arts and crafts. So basically you're not going to play them. You're just going to mm, display them. Yes. And so that's really how I got introduced into to Amazon. And that okay. was probably 2013 or 14. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and did the really early stages, like went through and got a trademark on a brand and mm-hmm. made some, um, early private label listings. And I, it was sure. funny because I was doing it all in, in my house. Right. So wow. like I, I was boxing up 20, a 25 pack of records and, mm-hmm. and sending it all out. So uh, I did that for a while. And um, then, you know, after college, early career, I kind of let my Amazon account sit dormant. Um, but when COVID started, uh, I was like, Hey, you know, we're, we don't have any cars to sell. So let's, uh, let's see what else I can sink my teeth into. Yeah. And uh, like, I had to find my login again, you know, had to <laughs> uh, like it, somehow had not gotten deactivated. Uh, and that was probably mid 2020. And, um, and yeah, just, just started there. So, um, I found online arbitrage and, and like started doing, I mean, I've gone through a lot of training classes and watched the countless number of YouTube videos and, um, just found a niche with, you know, with, with, um, with online arbitrage, but, you know, Mm -hmm. really, I think the thing that, you know, we, you wanted to talk about and that I want to talk about is, is how to transition from, you know, having a second job, which I, I have a great first job. I, I didn't yeah. want to build, uh, you know, I didn't want to create another job for myself. Right. Um, and how to transition into, you know, handing that bits and pieces off when it made sense yeah. and outsourcing and really allowing myself to scale yeah. way past. What did your, what did your days look like before you started hiring VAs? How did you add our online arbitrage into your day? Yeah. So, um, I would, I would get to the office, uh, uh-huh. and source a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then I would come home, I would prep a little bit over lunch and I'd prep okay. in the evenings. And I mean, I uh, did so it you all. must live really close to your work. I, I do. Yeah. yeah so I, I live like th- probably four or five miles from work. Okay. So, uh, I mean, it, but it was, it really consumed like a ton of my time. Like I'd say yeah. I was spending 25, 30 hours a week. Okay. Um, and it was, you know, it was just, but I was so focused on like, you know, getting the shipment out, getting that replant mm-hmm. ball, uh, that I couldn't actually zoom out and like focus on, Hey, how can I like be more strategic and how I deploy yeah. my capital or how I actually structure this business. Yeah. Uh, I was really just focused on like how to keep my head above water. Wow. So what was that first hire like? And what made you realize I need to do something to, to hire somebody? Yeah. So when I, when I got, got to the point where I had more capital than I could effectively deploy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I took on capital uh, pretty, pretty quickly from a few different sources. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had more money to spend than I knew what to do with it. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously wanted to make a good purchasing decision, make a good, mm-hmm. um, you know, investment and in inventory that I could get a, mm-hmm. you know, a great ROI on. And so at that point I was like, Hey, um, you know, 
let's figure out how to hire someone. I mean, it was, Mm -hmm. it was not something I've hired a lot of employees for my, my day job, but like, how do I hire someone for Amazon? Uh, And so I've actually hired all of my VAs through Upwork. Uh, Yeah. And uh, it's a simple, I mean, I've got a simple three or four sentence job posting. Okay. um, And I normally select about 10 people to interview. Yeah. Uh, I've, at this point, I will hire three or four with the intention of re- retaining about two, nor- sometimes three, but normally two. Okay. Um, and, you know, they schedule their own interview and in like a shared Google sheet. And it's just like, you know, we have a 10 or 15 minute conversation to assess a few awesome. key things. Wow. And yeah, I've had good, good success with it. Okay. When you post a job description, approximately how many applicants do you get? I normally get like 60 or 80 in a day. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I've heard. Like, it's like yeah. insane. Yeah, it, it is. And, and it's, and you know, I put that I'll pay, I think four to $6 an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really clear on what they're going to be doing. Like all, every VA that comes into my company is a sourcing VA first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've moved a lot of people up from that level, but they all yeah. come in as a sourcing VA Okay. And kind of learn learn the ropes, learn our processes here, um, yeah. and then they can have room to grow from from there. Yeah. Wow. But, are you? Um. How? What are you? Because this is just fascinating. I'm interested in VAs, but I know this is great great info for everybody else that's listening as well. Are how are you narrowing it down from that sixty or eighty down to the ten that you want to talk to? So, I mean, this is. I kind of feel goofy for for even saying this, but like one of the one of the things I do is um, I put like a very specific question yes. in the job posting, right? Oh, that's what we so do. Too. Like, yeah. So, like, what's your favorite? Whatever. And if they don't answer uh, that, right? And if they don't answer that, it's an automatic reject. You know, they didn't even um, read it, right? And then the the next thing is like, um, I want someone with that's I normally don't hire like a brand new VA. If it says they've had, you know, $0 earned zero experience, I'll normally pass over them, but I also don't mm-hmm. want somebody that's made or earned, you know, $5,000 because they're probably going to have $5,000 worth of bad habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I want someone with just Ooh, a little good. bit of experience. Like I normally look on Upwork for below a thousand dollars earned. Okay. Um, Cause they have like, and, and then they obviously have ratings if they've worked. Right. So they, yeah. they have ratings, uh, and, but they don't have hopefully so many bad habits that it's, you know, the first couple of weeks or, you know, yeah. trying to so break are you them. having to train these folks or do they come in with a little bit of training? Yes. Yeah, so most of them come in knowing how to use, like I put in the job description is they, they like what I use internally is I'm a keeper, keep a guy and mm-hmm. seller amp. Um, yeah. so I've, I don't use tactical arbitrage anymore. I, I don't use any other flashy tools. Yeah. Uh, I don't use lead lists. Like I basically re- reverse source, uh, for most of my goods and items, excuse me, but, uh-huh. but yeah, so, um, we just, that's, I ask that they know how to use that and then mm-hmm. be really comfortable with Google sheets and like the Google ecosystem. Cause that's the kind of the backbone for everything I do. Yeah. And, um, Yeah. That's they normally come in with at least a working knowledge. Okay, and so you've got ten people that you uh, that you do you end up talking to three or four or talking to all ten? No, so I, I normally I normally uh, schedule like ten interviews. Um, okay. Normally, and give me an idea of what that how that goes how that yeah. conversation goes. Yeah, so it's uh it's really to assess uh, were they truthful in their resume, right? Like were they mm-hmm. truthful in their skills? So I'll ask a couple like pretty pointed Amazon questions. Uh-huh. Um, it's to did they show up on time? 
Uh, do they have a good internet connection? Right. Yeah. So like I do a video interview. Yeah. So if they can, if they can like do a video call, I know that they're going to have like a pretty decent, reliable internet connection. Yeah. Uh, also make sure that they're um, at least, you know, have a, a working um, knowledge of the English language. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I normally hire Philippine based uh, VAs. I've yep. had the best luck with, with them. Yep, and us too. Yeah. And so, you know, I want to know that, that we can have a conversation or if I, you know, need to explain something to them about why I didn't purchase it or why we want to stay away from this brand or this category, I can record a minute long uh, loom video or one of my buyers can right, and send it to them. And it's not going to be like hard for them to, to understand it. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And those take about, those are 15 minutes. Yeah. So I I do 15 minute blocks. Um, Mm -hmm. So of the, of the 10 people, I think normally seven or eight actually show up. It's it's amazing that some people schedule an interview and not show up, but yeah. uh, yeah, So eight show up and then I'll extend offers to, to normally four to Mm -hmm. six. uh, And then um, I, I, so what I've done the last couple of times is make a team chat Mm -hmm. uh, for the VAs that I hired together in Google, Mm -hmm. um, and make a shared spreadsheet that they have all, they all have access to and and basically let them know like, Hey, this is not, you know, this is a little bit of a competition, but like, you know, I've got two permanent positions, you know, Mm -hmm. this is basically a paid trial for the first two months. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So they are all all working all five of them or maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they all feed to one buyer and the buyer, you know, makes the, you know, the buyers like, uh, one of my yeah. most senior VAs, Is right. He checking so like, the deals for you. Yeah. 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 And he noted like, so it's a, it's a, it's a woman and she, she actually makes all the purchases for me. Like I very rarely actually definitely want to get to that part. That's yeah. what is going to intrigue the people. I think the most that are, yeah. listening but, to but the one, one cool thing, the other like tidbit on, um, like the whole competitive kind of atmosphere, mm-hmm. like a healthy competition yeah. is, uh, is a shared spreadsheet where every mm-hmm. week they have to enter. So the individual VA has to enter how many items they found and mm-hmm. how many items the purchaser purchased. Right. Love it. So, so like, I don't really care if they find 500 items. If my purchaser only purchases five, you just right. basically get a ton of work for, for her. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I look at some, like percentages of, of found to purchase and also found based on the number of hours worked. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. We should talk offline. Cause I bet some of those VAs that you decide not to bring in your business might still be a good fit for other people. Right. Okay. Think yeah. So? Yeah. Think sure. Possibility there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cause we might be able to work something out to where, I mean, you're going to that work and you're hiring them and decide, or you decide not to keep them on, Right. If they've got some experience, there might be an opportunity that our, our VA team might want to pick them up from you. Um, okay. So, okay, let's only go back for just one second. You mentioned yeah. getting capital. What's some um, advice? And if you have anything that's, you know, private, you don't need to share it. But like, is there any advice for other sellers on getting capital like you've been able to do? Yeah. So, I, you know, what I found is once I actually had a proven track record and I could, I could sit down, whether it be with, uh, you know, an Amex of the world or a local bank or, a, mm-hmm. you know, someone, you know, in your local community, once you have a proven track record of, Hey, um, I know that if I deploy this capital, I can get an X percent return in the next three months. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've done it for the last 12 months. Um, yeah. I know I've got products to purchase. I've got a prep center. I've got my prep sorted out. Like 
I've got a healthy account with Amazon. Basically, once you can prove like that you have a good track record and and mm-hmm. a knowledgeable way to make them a return, mm-hmm. um, it's like telling people no more than it is asking yes. for money, right? Yeah. Um, I think there's there's so much money in the in the economy right now yes. that people are chasing returns, right? Um, yes. And so if if you can be the person to supply them with a return and and you can develop a relationship with them and they can learn to mm-hmm. to trust you, uh, there it's just it's, it's easy to find the money. Uh, you know, the the hard part is, is, is building the kind of the system and the ecosystem to, to deploy that and get those returns. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so I've, I've taken on capital. I've not done Amazon lending. Uh, I did do a Marcus line of credit, uh, through Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got like a long relationship and my family's business has a long relationship with American express. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've leveraged, um, some business c- credit cards there as well yeah. as a cabbage line of credit. I think okay. they just yeah. either invested or, or purchased cabbage. Yeah, I've been getting those ads um, from Amex about cabbage. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a sweet deal. Um, and it, it's pretty, yeah. pretty aggressive. And then obviously some other sources, um, kind of from more personal relationships. That yeah. wouldn't cabbage in the past else. has not been that good of a deal. What kind of give, give us an idea of what some of the terms might be right now uh it was a i think it's a 12 month i can look it up but i think it's a 12 month term loan um definitely single inch single digit interest i think it was more like six or seven percent okay um but again you know if you know you can turn that inventory Mm -hmm. six times and make 30 percent uh gross like it's a it's a no-brainer oh for sure um yeah so it's it's a you know, you just have to trust that you have the right process and the right team to, yeah. to that and get the return you're, you're after. Wow. That's so good. What was the feeling after you? Uh, so your first VA you hired was a sourcing VA. Yeah. So I, I hired two at the same time. I hired okay. a sourcing VA. She's actually still with me. She's my she's my buyer now. Okay. Uh, and then I hired someone to focus solely on wholesale, and uh, okay. he is he is no longer with me. Okay. Uh, so I've definitely made some bad VA hires too, um, but I've, I've made a, a few very good ones. What was that uh, first day after they started working for you? Um, what was it like? Oh my gosh, I have nothing to do now or. <laughs> well, so I was so behind at that point, right? Uh-huh. Like I think I waited a little too late to actually hire uh, my first VAs. Uh-huh. Um, I was so behind on, I mean, at that point I was, I was, per- was sourcing, was purchasing, was prepping, was still, I was driving. I didn't know of a uh, pirate ship, you know, uh-huh. where you can pay $3 and 80 cents to have them pick it up. Had no idea. I was taking just a car load to the UPS store every day. Okay. Uh, I just, I was not working efficiently with my time. Um, and so, you know, that was like when I hired that VA, it was a great feeling, but it was also like, a, okay, now, you know, that's a one little part of a life raft that's blown up, but let, let's try to still keep our head above water. I was, yes. I was not out of, not out of trouble yet. Wow. So yeah. what was the next, the next hires and what, in what point did you be like, did you come to the realization that you could actually have them buy for you? Cause we have a lot of people that uh, have VAs for sourcing, but there's very few that have a VA that actually makes those purchases for you. Yeah. Um, so I, let's see, I, I did that process for about probably six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was just that, and I added a few VAs and subtracted a few VAs uh-huh. in the process, right? But there was that one just standout VA, yeah. um, and she just she got it. Uh-huh. Uh, she was, you know, she was great. When I gave her feedback, it was like a one and done, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like I had to repeat myself a lot or you yeah. know tell her three different times, hey, let's stay away from this brand. Uh-huh. Um, 
and we just had a good working relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, so how I eased her into that. So I didn't just say, Hey, um, go buy, you know, her spend goal this month is about 50 grand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. And so, so like, it wasn't like, Hey, here's my, here's my Amex go spend $50,000. Right. right? Um, So, so how it started, how we, we really went through three phases. So the first phase is what Mm -hmm. we've been talking about where she was finding products to buy. The second stage is she spent half her time finding products to buy, but she spent the other half of her time uh, doing replens from within Seller Central. Okay. So I I had already made the purchasing decision. So it was something that I felt comfortable selling and looked, yes. at, looked at IP alert, looked at all that. Um, and she would go in to Seller Central, uh, see how many it said for, for us to buy, uh, and then she would re-examine the Keepa graph and all the metrics to make sure it was still profitable. And yep. if it's profitable, she would make the purchase then. Yes. Um, and so we did that for about three months. Um, and then it got to a point where I, again, had access to cap- more capital than I could deploy myself. And so I knew I, knew, I, knew I needed to build you know, another layer of the team. And so at that point, I made her the manager of a couple sourcing VAs, right? So now she's the purchaser, but she also has uh, two VAs that report directly to her Mm -hmm. um, and that she provides feedback on. And she's checking their deals for you. She she buys their leads. Uh, So she spends no time uh, actually finding new products to sell. She still buys the replens for me, Mm -hmm. but she also purchases raw like new products from those two VAs. And so they, they keep her hopper full and they, you know, and it, it's worked out well. So I've been doing that. Um, I think this is the fourth month and, um, you know, it's amazing. It's scary, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's a little intimidating to, to know, you know, at this scale, uh, I think I'm, you know, I'm at this scale, it's, it's terrifying to say like, um, uh, Hey, you know, I think our first month single was like 30, 30, 35,000. I was uh-huh. like, you know, I need you to spend this. And it was, yeah. it was a really kind of, it made you feel just uh, a little exposed. Um, yeah, for sure. But, you know, I've got a lot of checks and balances in place to make sure there's, there's nothing uh, shady going on. And right. it's been nothing but a good experience. And I, I actually, every time that I've moved her up in the organization, she's had opportunity to make more money. Mm. Um and now she's on a, a base plus commission uh, awesome. type setup and she can, yeah. she can make a good, good living, uh, especially yeah. in the Philippines for, for what she yes. does for me. And, and I, you know, it's, it's just been a good relationship and it's I benefited me. It. It's definitely benefited her. Yeah. Okay. So you have how many VAs that are sourcing for you right now? Uh, so I, at this moment have three full-time sourcers. Okay. Uh, and then I've got the one purchaser. Okay. Um, and then I have another VA that's just kind of in the wings that does a bunch of miscellaneous things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the pro, so she uses, uh, she have one credit card that she's using. Okay. And you just, yeah. um, what walk us through the process of getting the actual logistics of that. Does she have like an employee? I know she doesn't have a physical card. She probably just has the, n- the number, right? Is it just an employee card? The employee number? Or is it your actual number? It is my actual number. Okay. That's fine. Uh, I know that there are people that would say I'm an idiot for doing that, but um, mm. you know the, the good thing about it being my actual number is that 
I'm, I'm, I'm not alerted to every purchase she makes. That'd be horrible, uh, horribly annoying. Right. But, but that's I, true. Cause I, with an employee card, you might be right. 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 But oh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm in that account at least every like twice a week yeah. and looking over things. I've got a, a, I'm an accounting guy. Like I have an accounting background. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the month, there's a reconciliation between what showed up at either the prep center or my house and what yeah. was purchased. And like, let's make sure that not that she did anything, um, you know, underhanded, but did we, did we actually lose any shipments along the way? Do we need yeah. to make any, file any claims with any of the, and who goes, does, does your prep center do that? Or you did you go through that? So I have a little unique situation with the way I do prep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sent anything that's more than I'm in North Carolina. So our sales tax is 6.75. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's more than $30, it goes to a tax-free prep center. Nice. If the buy cost is $30. If it's less than $30, it's still shipped to my house. Okay. Uh, so I have uh, a 1099 employee uh, that preps out. I've got a detached like, uh, two car garage behind my house. Mm-hmm. And he, he works about 20 hours a week down there, uh, prepping here. Wow. And it's, it's a, it's a cop or a high school friend of mine. Like we have a yeah. year friendship. Like it's just, you know, he was kind of between what he was working on and he's a marathoner and it, it was a, a good way for him to earn some money and it, you know, helped me out. So, wow. yeah, that is awesome. So are you touching the products at all? Uh, so when he goes to the prep center, Definitely not. No, right. uh, when it when it comes through my house, normally no. The the most I would ever touch yeah. it is I take the box from my front porch and leave it in my garage. That's so cool, right? So like I I do that, yeah. And that's that's about it. But he you know he does everything else. Um, pick, schedules a UPS pickup, puts it on my front porch, and it's gone yeah. when I come home from work. Man, oh man, yeah. yeah I think there's something, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's more people I've talked to. Um, the more people in my group that I don't know about that have this level of hands off like Gary and Gay Mosley did a podcast episode with me and they are RVers and they travel. And so they have their, their daughter runs a prep center, their own prep center. They also send some stuff to Chris Loveless in San Antonio, but they have VA set up like you do and with it, buy it. And then, um, so, but that's, you're the second person I've talked to that has this level of, you know, not, having to be in your business, which is awesome. I'm sure there's more. And I want to talk to some more because I think that's the goal for a lot of folks is to be able to do that and free up time, either work at their regular job or to go hang out with their kids or to focus on another business that they're passionate about. So tell me like, what is your, um, how many, about approximately how many hours are you in your, are you working on your Amazon business in a week? Five Five in a week. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I just, what does that include? Yeah. So, uh, I still do, um, I still do the bulk of my repricing. So, okay. uh, I use, uh, I use be cool. Okay. And so I, I set up most of my repricing rules. Uh, I mean, it pulls in information from inventory lab and stuff, but like, uh, I still tweak I spend probably an hour a week on, um, pricing, um, spend two hours a week on just metrics, you know, just general met- metrics, mm-hmm. look at uh, return rates and, you know, just look at, inventory lab for like a really quick overview of what's going on in the business. And, um, and then just two hours on miscellaneous tasks. Um, you know, it's, it's, I haven't bought an item in (laughs) 
couple months. Yeah. Uh, I know when Q, like when we get into Q4, like I'll probably take a little bit more of an active role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also know that like my prep center is expecting, like, I think what will happen is as I scale for Q4, uh-huh. like that $30 threshold is going to turn into a $20 threshold yes. and I'm going to send like even more products to the prep center. Yeah. Right. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really at this point, it's, it's managing and it's like process improvement and it's, yeah. Hey, how can we, how can we do this better next mm-hmm. month instead of like, Hey, you know, I mean, I, I, this is a, it's, it's, it really turned in from, from like a, you know, a, a side hustle or like a way to make a few extra dollars to more of like managing a, a business. Yes. Um, and that's, that's been huge for me to even make that like mind shift. Because this uh, is something, Chris, you could sell. Like if I right. wanted to come in and buy your business, you actually have a system that is independent of you. Like I, right. you have, it's not, it doesn't matter whether you're, you're in it, that you're, you you don't have to be a part of it anymore. Like I could literally come in and buy your business and keep doing the exact same thing that you're doing and it would run the same, which is awesome. I love that. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, and it's not been a, it's not been a, a, a straight path there. Right. Right. No, sure. Down and right. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's at that point where, uh, and I, I'm at the point where I don't think I want to grow that much um, mm. anymore. Like I'm yeah. really comfortable. Like I want to work on efficiency and like, mm-hmm. instead of trying to sell another 10,000 a month, I'd rather try to pull my expenses down by 3%. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm going to net yeah. the same amount. Um, and that's like, but it's not any more work. It's just being a little more efficient, a little more yes. creative while you're doing your financing or shipping or anything like that. So oh my goodness. This is so cool. Do you ever, do you sell stuff that you look in your account? Like what we've got that? Like- oh my gosh. Yes. All the time. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. so it used to be a game. Like when I got started, like, um, you know, my, like I would, you know, I think everybody does it. You pull up the Amazon seller app and like refresh and see your sales for the day. Right. And it got to the point where like my wife would be like, how was your day on Amazon? And you know, this was like a year ago and I'd be yeah. like, oh, you know, I sold whatever, two or 3000. And like now it'll be like, I mean, I, I still have like key emails coming from Amazon. Right. So like, mm-hmm. if I ever have like an account health issue, like it, it comes yeah. to me obviously, but like sure. if it's just a normal day, it's, I mean, or a normal week, like I check it maybe once a day, but probably every yeah. couple of days, That's just cause so I know, I know that I've got great products that are priced yeah. right. Like I, it, they're going to sell. Uh, That's so cool. And and so it's just, it's kind of passive. Yeah. It's as passive as I think Amazon could be. For sure. Um, Right. So I, I, this is definitely not passive income, but it, it's right. a fairly passive way to approach selling on Amazon. Absolutely. Do you make more on your Amazon business than your day job? No. <laughs> no. Okay. You're not there yet. Okay. What's the, what's yeah. the approximate percentage? Like, I don't need to, I'm not going to ask you what your salary sure. is at your job, but like, like as far as percentage wise, where are you in relation to? So, I, well, all right. And then I, I don't take a ton out of the business. So I, mm-hmm. I move. So grow. Okay. Well, no. So I'm investing from within the business. Uh, and so the LLC is buying some assets at this point. So mm-hmm. I'm not pulling a, not pulling a ton out, but um, okay. if I did pull everything out, it'd probably be about 70%, okay. 60 to 70% day job, 30 to 40% Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your LL, your business is buying some, what can you talk? Is that something you can talk about? Some of the assets that you're buying in your business? Uh, I mean, just, so just dabbling in a few things, um, probably, probably shouldn't go too far down that that road. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Um, what are some examples of things that, um, 
I mean, I think like somebody could buy, you know, they could end up buying real estate with their business, right? Yeah. If they wanted yeah, to, or buy a, buy a warehouse, um, a warehouse building and use it as a, or even hire, you know, even lease it out to somebody that wants to yeah. represent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you can do, you can do uh, like a Turo deal from within, you know, that, yeah. um, you know, yeah. once you have um, like not a, not a CPA, uh, but you know, once you have that proven, proven track record and you have good business credit, uh, you know, that opens up a lot of doors for, for bigger opportunities, for bigger deals. Oh, so um, cool. And so that you kind of leave the Amazon business as like your, you know, your revenue source, um, mm-hmm. it puts up, I mean, I think we all know, like it puts up big numbers, you know, you can run a million dollar business out of a, yeah. out of a garage or out of a spare bedroom. Yeah. Um, so your Amazon business, you're thinking about this as probably future wealth, right? It's yeah, not, yeah, not absolutely. pulling the cash out now because you don't need to pull the cash out now. That's right. so cool. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, it's, it's all about kind of creating those different income streams, right? Yes. Like, so you talk a lot about that, but like, it's, it's, it's about, you know, how can I stack those, those streams of income to, to get, you know, my, my goal is not to, really re- like fire retire early or anything like I'm going to be in my family's business for the foreseeable future, but I really yeah. want to diversify away from having like those, that just one stream of the really in that business. It's like three streams of income from the mm-hmm. various entities. Uh, I want to stack a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, yes. uh, as many as I can so that they're not as big of a portion of my monthly income or my portfolio or my like future plan. Yeah. So yeah. cool. Let's grab a couple of questions from the group. But Kimberly's sure. asking, what percentage of your inventory do you prep in-house versus sending to prep centers? Uh, so I do, um, I'm a big apparel and, and shoe person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm probably right now I'm about 50-50. So I, I sell, I've got a pretty big gap in my in my purchase price. So I'll do a lot of stuff that's under $25 okay. and then I'll do a lot of stuff that's like $60 and above um, with like, you know, shoes. Um, so probably 50, 50. Okay. And Julie wants to know about how do you structure your VA's commission? So I know you said your main yeah. VA is on a, on a flat fee plus incentives, yeah. but what's the, what's the pay scale for your, those other VAs and your main one? Yeah. So the purchaser has three targets that I change monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really like, you know, I set up pay plans like as part of my job. So it's, yeah. it's, you have to back into the, the action that you want, like the, the, where you want to end up, mm-hmm. um, like the Stephen Covey quote, begin with the end in mind. Right. Yes. So like you, what I want her to do, she's got a, a target for monthly spend. So she has mm-hmm. to deploy enough capital. It has to have a certain ROI. So it has to be greater than an ROI. And then it has to be a, a certain sales rank or below. Yeah. So if she buys a product that's, let's say a 15,000 sales rank, that's got mm-hmm. a 40% ROI, it's going to sell mm-hmm. uh, as long as it's priced right. And then if she deploys a certain amount of capital uh, a month. So uh, she is, um, I think she can make an extra $200 this month, uh, which is about, you know, a week or a week and a couple of days of her her hourly rate. Yeah. Um, and then the, the sourcing VAs, um, the ones they are on more of a flat. Um, but then there's kind of, I mean, I've done different things. I, I set these up really monthly, but sure. uh, I've done things such as, is, um, you know, a bonus for if I buy, or if the purchaser buys more than X percent of your leads, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm a big, like in my day job, 
just about everybody in the company is on some type of commission structure, right? Yeah. Like even a, even a cashier, right? You have to figure out what the desired out, like what your, what her desired tasks need to be, what her desired outcome is. And then you need to back into a way of what are some metrics where it makes sense to pay her mm. whatever. Uh, and so that's how I've structured my approach to Amazon instead of just yeah. a hey, clock in and clock out, like, Hey, clock in. And if, if I win, you win. Mm. Um, and so I think that's also helped me with, you know, my buyer, uh, you know, she makes thousand, twelve hundred dollars a month, uh, but I'm asking her to spend fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Um, and so it helps kind of even that out. Um, and I mean, we've had conversations about like, hey, you, you realize this is inventory that's going to be sold. It's not like, yeah, but but yeah. It, it's helped kind of alleviate some of that tension and, and set mm-hmm. some pretty clear expectations. That's so good. If you had, um, so this is kind of a selfish question here because we're trying to figure out some ways to pay VAs in, uh, cause I also have a VA business. We're helping people like with social media and some non Amazon type of yeah. things. And we're trying to figure out how to, how to pay somebody who's not like in the business. They're like more managing it. Yeah. So give me an example of uh, your cashier at your, yeah. at your job, how you would what kind of things, metrics would you use for a cashier to be able to give him or her incentives? Yeah. So, I mean, does uh, at the end of the day, so we reconcile the the cash register daily, does it balance? Uh-huh. If it balances 25 days of the 30 days, you know, you get X. Um, she also posts warranty tickets. So like when we do warranty work on a General Motors vehicle that GM's going to pay us for, uh-huh. uh, she enters that into a computer system. So if like that from the date the tickets closed in service mm-hmm. to when the the date that it's posted basically does yeah. she is she using her time efficiently okay. if that's less than a certain number of days we'll we'll pay her extra nice. um is that like know, a little like a bonus like a just a yeah cash yeah, yeah so 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 she's like uh she's hourly um and sure. clocks in and out but that's just yeah. like a little incentive of hey let's nice. not be on facebook or play solitaire let's actually like let's try to make because the you know, the, the dealership world and, and Amazon have a lot of similarities in okay. which one of the biggest ones is that they're incredibly cash intensive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cash is the backbone of every business, but like in a dealership, you know, when you're selling a handful of 60, 70, $80,000 cars a day, just like, and you're financing them and there's money just floating in and out, like it's, <laughs> it takes a lot of cash to operate. And Amazon's a little bit the same way, right? With the yeah like delayed payouts and like have an inventory and it might take yes. a month to get checked in, but you need to keep buying. It's right. Um, and so, you know, we try to structure a lot of stuff at, at the dealership with pay plans for, um, you know, it are, is the employee protecting our capital? Mm. Are they being good stewards with our capital? Yeah. Um, and, and that's really how we, we end up with those KPIs that, that we pay on. That's so good. Wow. Uh, Kimberly is Kimberly is asking, what is your target ROI typically? Yeah, so um, it it depends. Um, like rule of thumb is thirty um, okay. to replan something. It's got to be a 30 percent ROI. Um, you know, if it's a super high ticket fast mover, I might go down a little bit. Like if I can make sixty dollars and it's only a twenty two percent ROI, that might make sense. Sure. Uh, so it can it can definitely fluctuate. Uh, I look for a minimum if it's going to be prepped at my house, uh, $3 and 30, 30%. Um, okay. ROI. Yeah. Nice. Um, also, can you talk more about how you approach paying your 1099 for in-house prep? 
Sure. Um, so there's a, a gray area here, right? So sure. like 1099 is supposed to be, they schedule, they provide all their tools and resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel comfortable with, with what I'm doing. Uh, so he makes his own schedule. Like, so it's a separate entry, um, separate yep. garage. Um, he comes yep. and goes as he pleases. Yep. I do provide some materials like tape and boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, so I pay him a flat hourly fee. I pay him $18 an hour. Nice. Um, in my, I mean, in my town, awesome. you can make, well, I mean, you can make $18 an hour flipping burgers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, it's enough, like you want to pay someone enough that you feel like they're going to give it their all, right. Mm-hmm. That they're not going to come in and just be looking for a job while they're on the clock with you. Right. Like they want right. to come in and, and work as hard as they can. Yeah. Uh, but I also know like he preps incredibly fast and accurately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, you know, my per unit prep cost is, you know, it rounds to zero. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's yeah. just nothing. Uh, right. so, like it just makes sense to, to pay him enough and yeah. not have the turnover. And like, it's just a, it's a win-win. I mean, he's a, he's my friend, right? Like, I mean, yeah. we hike together on the weekends and like, you know, it's, it's a, uh, you know, he's a good friend of mine and I trust yeah. him, uh, but so cool. you know, he is able to make a, a decent wage uh, and we both benefit. I love it. Yeah. You guys just talk to your accountant on what uh, you feel like is the best situation from you. When we had a prep somebody in house doing that too, it was also a 1099 because <laughs> she could come and go whenever she wanted to. And I know some accountants might differ on, on that, but he's got, obviously got to do with what you feel comfortable with in your own business. So, right. um, but yeah, that's so awesome, man, that you're able yeah. to do that. What, uh, what advice would you give folks that want to be where you are um, that just maybe don't even, I so said, let's say that to the people who don't have a VA, probably your advice can be get a VA, right? The store sources for you. Well, yeah. Yeah. So like find out what, like, you know, take, uh, I'm, I'm big on like, this is probably, this answer is probably going to go all over the place, but okay. rain me in, but yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of like, find the thing that you hate and outsource it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what, what I think that you should do is almost like put a profit, put an ROI on, on, on your tasks. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for me, repricing is like one of the most intricate and one of the highest value tasks that I can do okay. because it can make or break a business. So like my, you know, if I'm going to value my time at whatever, whatever dollars per hour, repricing mm-hmm. is a bargain because I can yeah. make 10 X that if I spend an hour repricing, uh, on the other hand, like on the far opposite end, you've got prepping or packing boxes, you know, mm-hmm. poly bagging shoes or whatever, yeah. Yeah. you know, like anyone can do that. Mm-hmm. The It's a minimum wage job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not a good use of my time. Yeah. So when, if someone's trying to scale, like if someone's trying to like find out where they should, you know, kind of work themselves out of, you should look at what you enjoy, but you should also look at like, Hey, what are the highest value tasks that I can keep? And then what are those low value tasks that I can make up? You actually make more money by outsourcing it. Yes, you do. Like, like you pay someone $5 an hour or $6 an hour to find products for you. Yeah. And you can make two or $300 an hour by buying those products. Yes. And it's just a math problem. It is. Um, yeah. And so that's like one part of that answer. The, the second part mm-hmm. is really like, I think there's like three main things where people struggle with mm-hmm. to go from whatever number makes sense to you for. So like if you're at 10 or 20,000 and you want to get to a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. um, I think it comes down to three things. Um, 
I think the first is capital. Like you have to have the right amount of capital and the right type of capital with the right yeah. structure. Um, the second is confidence, right? Yeah, so like you have to know uh, and be confident in your processes that you've built, the team that you have in place. Mm-hmm. You have to be confident in your prep center. Like mm-hmm. you have to be confident in your account health to have, you know, 50 grand of inventory on the road. Uh, yeah. And then your, your third one is just, you can say continuous improvement or uh, just, just a uh, consistent execution, right? So three like, C's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So capital, like, confidence, continuous improvement. Yeah. So like you need to always be getting better and always take the time to kind of zoom out of your business, like mm-hmm. get out of the trenches and and look at um, look at what what went well, what didn't go well, and learn. Uh, yeah. So this is like definitely not a stagnant business. Right. Uh, this is an incredibly like fluid business, and we're going into probably the most fluid time of the year. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you need to be spending some time daily, mm-hmm. weekly, monthly, like, Hey, what can I do better? What mistake yes. can I not make again? Yeah. Have you figured out a way to add your V add VAs to your day job? So you can only work five hours over there. Ah, uh, so yeah, that's, that's definitely in the works. Uh, really? Seriously? Yeah. yeah that's yeah, awesome. So we're, we're uh, tell me more around. because I, here's an idea, Chris, I want to do this. And uh, cause I, I want to hear, I want to hear this answer, but yeah. um, the reason I asked that was because is I am looking for ways to get VAs hired. As you get yeah. to, you have you you have these folks in the Philippines. They become your buddies and your friends. And Absolutely. it's hard for me not to. I know I'm the boss, right. but they're also. It's hard for me not to be their friend, and mm-hmm. we have a relationship. And so I want to find more people that we can hire. And not everybody is an Amazon VA wants to be sure. an Amazon VA. It's a very specific skill set. And some people just don't enjoy it. And so uh, there are a million other things that they can do, though. And so one idea I had was, you know, all these people that are working from home, why couldn't if I was a regular employee working a regular job, especially if I'm working at home, it would be easier. And I had tasks that were kind of a little bit below me. Let's say they're paying me $40 an hour, but this task is 15 an hour. Why couldn't I hire a VA to do some of these things out of my own pocket? So that I sure. can become more valuable to my my boss saying, hey, I was able to get all this done. I mean, I'd probably tell my boss, hey, I have a VA working for me, taking off some of these mundane tasks. Now I have more time to work and do bigger stuff. Or I simply have more time for my family and I take a 40 right. hour work, work week and make it 10 hours a week. Yeah. So yeah. I want to hear what your answer is on how you're working finding a way for VA to work in a dealership. Yeah. So, so we have, we have, we have two outsourced departments right now. Uh, so okay. we have an outsourced business development center. That's okay. not, it's not in the Philippines. It's actually like an hour up the road. Okay. Um, but that has done great. So basically when we get an internet lead or even a phone call during business hours, it's immediately transferred to them. Okay. Uh, they, respond to the email lead, they answer. So, so that's kind of like a proof of concept for how it can work in a dealership, even if it's within the U S the other department or the other task role that we've outsourced has been um, warranty work. So as I kind of mentioned earlier, like um, GM, you know, when we do warranty work, GM kind of sometimes looks for reasons not to pay us. And so everything has to be, uh, the I's have to be dotted and T's have to be crossed and like yes. everything has to be nice and tight when we submit it for reimbursement. Okay. And so we, uh, we use a, a virtual agency there to actually facilitate that process. So, nice. you know, like VAs for Amazon come in with pretty specific skills. Like I don't right. think the 
you know, the average person where, wherever they are in the world is going to know how to read a, keep a chart or, a sure. um, you know, how to use seller amp or how to do reverse sourcing or any of that stuff. So it's finding things like, uh, that are pretty A to Z like warranty, um, warranty receivables would be a, a great thing for, for a team of VAs to, yeah. to use or to, to learn how to do, and then just yeah. find dealerships because every dealership's trying to, you know, wow. outsource that, that. And Man. so, yeah. So that, wow. that's a great thing that from, from like A to Z, it'd be pretty easy to, to, to hire people to, to do that and train them on the various manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Systems. Well, so. there's, I mean, I, you certainly have a lot of experience with hiring VAs, but if you ever wanted to talk about partnering up together to create yeah. like that, I could find the VAs and then you just have a, like a series of videos that you do one time. Sure. And then you'd have a, you probably can think that how this would work all in your head, but you'd have a VA that it would essentially probably be the manager of this department yeah. and a bunch of VAs underneath them. That's doing all the work. Um, but they're following your system that you explained in a, you know, a 10 minute video, maybe it takes longer. I don't know, but I'd be happy to chat about that. Yeah. I think that would be cool. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Uh, Man, um, Kimberly wants to know, uh, did you discuss uh, the amount of capital that he started with and at what point he started pulling money out of the business? We didn't actually ask that. What? How much did you start with at the very beginning? Uh, about 10000 Okay. Um, and then, um, so my corporate entity was set up in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I started trying to open some some business lines of credit, you know, I had like a somewhat aged entity. And yeah. so it was a little easier to get those first yeah. lines of credit. Yeah. Um, and then it just scaled from there. So, sure. yeah. Um, yeah. And it, he's actually not pulling out a lot of money in the business. He's invested in, in other stuff yeah. right now. Yeah. So able to grow, take that money and put it somewhere else that it's almost like, you know, we're planting another tree, right? Where Absolutely. Yeah. This, yeah. This seed, your Amazon business income is seed for something else you plant in the ground and becomes you know a tree that can pay you forever yeah and i, I mean I, so it's like some of it's going into you know crypto and DeFi and like that type of stuff yeah. and and yeah. some of it's going into more traditional asset classes yeah. and, yeah. and it's now, just we can talk about the crypto DeFi stuff because i have another group i'm a partner of well, i'm i'm uh i'm i'm a member of that group okay I love cool it. all yeah. right yeah I'm happy to chat about that at, uh, later too but um yeah. yeah i'm doing the same same exact thing yeah um and I mean, it's the best way. So like for, from a tax strategy, as well as like a, just a general investment strategy, it's, it's great to not pull it out, put it back in and pay taxes twice. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's great to just leave it in there and, and have it keep working for you. Yeah. It's like another employee, right? Yeah. Whether it's a, a warehouse or a rental house or. Is your something. LLC that it's the same LLC for Amazon as you, you do for the DeFi? Yeah. Okay. That's what I have right now too. So yeah. I don't have it set up completely like that. I've been doing my personal for a while and I need to switch over. So. Yeah. Cool. Chris, thank you so much. This has been enormously helpful and fun. Um, yeah. got a lot of things I would love to chat with you offline about. Um, sure. I think there's a ways potentially to work together or yeah, just, just, uh, we didn't even talk about your car, about the tips <laughs> for cars. Okay. Real quick. Give us a, uh, give us a couple of tips for people that are out buying thinking about buying a car right now. Yeah. So the, the first and easiest thing to remember is <laughs> um, if you can buy a new car right now at MSRP, you should definitely do it and not buy a used vehicle. If it's, uh, I, I say used as in like less than three or four years old. Okay. I mean, don't, don't compare like a hundred thousand mile minivan to a new one, right? The, okay. 
all the hundred thousand miles going to be way cheaper. But yeah, if you're if you're going to buy a two year old twenty thousand mile versus a new one, just buy the new one. You're going to come out ahead as long as you pay MSRP. Don't pay a dealer markup. Okay. Um, second thing is dealers make a ton of money in the F and I office. Um, so if you What's have F&I? a uh, finance and insurance. So it's okay. like where you go sign the paperwork. Yep. Um, so you normally agree on numbers with a salesperson and then you mm-hmm. normally sit around for like an hour and f- try to figure out what the heck is going on. Uh-huh. And then you go back to like a little stale office and sign yeah. paperwork. Yeah. Um, so in that office, like it's great if you can arrange your own financing. Um, so, you know, go to a bank or credit union. Okay. Uh, Lightstream is a great source. You know, I've, I've used them for some purchases in the past. Um, so, you know, bring your own money basically. Yeah. Um, and then don't, don't buy products in the F and I office. Uh, <laughs> like they're, they're extremely marked up. They're good products. Uh, and, and they definitely serve their purpose, but, but yeah. they're, that's, that's dealers beach house money. Wow. Uh, oh yeah. Goodness. So those three things will save you, save you some serious money. That's and awesome. That right there is probably worth part. listening to this episode alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Are your dealer friends that listening to this? Like, shh, don't say that. I mean, I, you know, honestly, a lot of this information is like, it's just out there. It's just, yeah. it's just when you go to buy it, I think there's like that, like buying a car, most people don't wake up and they say, Hey, I need to go take on $60,000 of debt today. Mm. Like it's, it's a, Hey, let's go drive that new car. And then it's like a more emotional purchasing decision. And so if you can, if you can go into it with like a few like hard and fast rules, you'll, you'll make it through a lot better. That's awesome. Good tips, man. Thank you so much. This has been a wealth of information. Took a lot of notes. So appreciate you doing this. Let me yeah, know absolutely. if you ever want to jump back on, chat about anything. Uh, the idea that Steve and I were chatting with you about with the cars and yeah. all that stuff, that'd be something we always chat further about. Okay. Sounds good. Sure. Thank Thanks you, everybody. Ryan. Have Appreciate a good night. It. All right. Okay. See y'all. Thanks. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.